Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. So turn in your Bibles uh, to John chapter 19. If you have your Bibles or if, if you have a glowing Bible in your hand, you can click to, uh, to John chapter 19 as well. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one in our info area. You can just go back there and say, can I have a Bible? And somebody will give you one. Uh, but turn your Bibles to John chapter 19. And today we're in week six of a seven-part series that we've entitled How to Live Through a Bad Day. And kind of the whole idea behind this series is that bad days are going to happen, that we all experience in them, that nobody is exempt from bad days. So the question is, how do we get through them? And so our theme verse for this whole series has been Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, where it says, keep your eyes on Jesus. And I love that. I, I, that by the way, if you want to know a little bit about our church, that's what our church is about. Our church is about Jesus. In fact, one of our values is that Jesus is our message. And so keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. And then it says this, and this is what we're doing in this series, study how he did it. Which, by the way, that's why Jesus lived on this planet 33 years. It wasn't just so that he could come and die for our sins, which he did, but it was more than that. He came and lived and breathed on this earth for 33 years to help teach you and me how to live a brand new way, how to live life. And so in this series, we're studying how he lived life. And then it says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, even on his bad days, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. How many of you would like to have that type of resolve in your life? That you could put up with anything, whatever, throw anything my way. I'm focused. I'm living for God. I know what I'm doing. Man, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And so in this series, we're looking at Jesus's worst day, the day that he died on the cross. It's a day that we call now today, Good Friday, but it was only good for us. It never was good for him. And so the Bible records seven statements that Jesus said on the cross that have important lessons for our lives. And so today we jump back into the book of John and John's account of this story. And in John 19, it says this in verse 28, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty, which this, by the way, is what we talked about two weeks ago when Lauren preached. And it was a fantastic message. And it really, if you want to catch up on this series, we actually have an audio podcast that you can find on Spotify and Apple. So you can go and check that podcast out, catch up. But we talked about I am thirsty. And then it says this in verse 29, a jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said, and here's what we're talking about today. Here's a statement that we're going to study today. It is finished. And Jesus says this famous statement that in English, in our translation, it's three words. But in the original Greek, it was one word. And it was this word, tetelestai. And here's what it meant. It's going to be on the screen. It is finished. It stands finished and it will always be finished. Isn't that good? It is finished, it stands finished, and it will always be finished. And this word was commonly used 
in that time, in that culture. It was used in a lot of different ways, but my favorite way that this word, it is finished, to tell us die, how it was used was that fact that it was a financial term commonly used by bankers when the final payment had been made on a massive debt. So just think about, it would kind of be like if you have a lot of student loans. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that. Got some college debt, got some student loans. You got that piece of paper, but you paid for it and you're gonna pay for it for like 20 years, okay? And like you're working really hard. Or maybe, maybe you got in a spot and where maybe you were young and you got a credit card and you just thought it was free money. As long as, I, they just keep giving me things. All I have to do is give them this card and they start giving me things. And so you just start using your credit card and all of a sudden they send you a bill at the end of the month. And you can't pay all that bill, but they trick you, be like, it's okay, just pay like $30. And then all of a sudden that, that compounds and compounds and compounds, and you end up with massive credit card debt. And maybe that's the current status of your life. And it's, it's kind of like if you had those two scenarios and you start aggressively paying it off, scratching and clawing to make sure that you have no debt, and then you walk in to the bank on that last day, or maybe you write the check, the very last one, or you jump online and you make that last payment and you slap it down on that table and you say, it is finished. You know, and that is, is what, what it talks about. Well, check this out. In Romans chapter six, in verse 23, it says, for the wages, the penalty, the price, the debt of our sin is death. So, our sin, the payment for it, is death. In other words, the debt we owe from our sin is death. So when Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished, that means that your debt has been paid in full, that the balance is zero, you don't owe anything anymore, it is finished. It's a great word. And I love this quote from Dr. Jack Hayford where it says, the most significant word in the New Testament translates to the most triumphant declaration that it is finished. And see, this statement is mistakenly thought of as his final statement, but it wasn't. We got one more next week. And, and that's really the point, is that it wasn't done. Because he makes his statement, it is finished, even though it wasn't finished. And he makes this statement in the middle of his bad day where he says, I know I'm hurting, I know I'm still in pain, and I know that this isn't over, but I also know it is finished. And Jesus, in the middle of this powerful statement, is teaching us that when you're going through a bad day, and here's kind of what today's all about, if you're taking notes, this is what today's all about, here's our lesson, is that when you're going through a bad day, be assured that there is a purpose and an end. That in your bad days, be assured that there is a purpose and an end. Be assured that there's a purpose to your bad day. That God never wastes anything, including your bad days. That there's purpose in your pain, even if you can't see it right now. But not only that, be assured that there's an end to your bad day. Listen, your bad day, it's not gonna last forever. It has an expiration date. It will end. 
No matter what doctors have said, no matter what the things that have been spoken over your life, that bad day will end. I know it feels very real right now, but it won't always be like this. I'm always encouraged by this thought that it is a season, whatever I'm in, that this is a season in all seasons, good and bad end. Can I get an amen Reds fans already? <laughs> My goodness. Scored runs yesterday. Come on, God is good, okay? <laughs> but be assured, be assured that there is a purpose and an end to your bad day. There is a purpose and an end. And this week, I can tell you what I couldn't shake out of that statement is the word assured. I couldn't shake that thought. And so my burden today is that with the next 20 minutes, is to be able to help get you to a place where today you can walk out of here and that you can say this statement, that even when I do not have all the answers, I can still have assurance. Even when, even when I don't have all the answers, even when I still have questions, I can still walk out of this place with assurance. And I pray that today, that, that, that you don't necessarily get all the answers. Now, if you do, awesome, that's great. But I do pray that, I've been praying this morning that every single person who attends our church today, that they'll walk away with a higher level of assurance. And let me give you three things that you can be assured in today. And here's the first one, is that God is all powerful. Is that God, he's all powerful. And if, if, if you like, like the theological terms, you can write this down. That means he's omnipotent. And it's two words, omni meaning all, and potent meaning powerful. That he's all powerful. And we're talking about this power of God, that God who spoke and galaxies appeared, who spoke and mountain ranges appeared, who spoke and oceans appeared, I mean, a powerful, powerful God. But for some of you, you're sitting there and you're saying, that's the problem. If he's got all that power, why doesn't he use it in my life? Why am I experiencing this? Why am I experiencing this bad day? Why doesn't he do something to get me out of this? And the truth is, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I will never be somebody that stands up here and acts like I got it all together that I've got every answer to every question. Because sometimes I don't, I don't have. But here's what I do know. Colossians chapter one, in verse 16 and 17, it says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this very moment. Listen, he's holding it more than what you realize. He's holding it together more than you realize. And when I doubt his power, when I doubt that that is who he is, this all-powerful God, I look back in my life and I look back at my story and I see his fingerprints all over my life because I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead and get this, now I am alive. See, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, backwoods of middle Tennessee, in the middle, get this, of 22,000 acres of state-owned land. Three-mile gravel road existed to get to the house that I grew up in that came on my dad's job. 
okay? I mean, I, some of you think you grew up in the middle of nowhere. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I had no neighbors, nothing. And I, I grew up there, you know, and I was a quiet kid, not because I was shy, but because I was petrified to talk because of a stuttering problem. Listen, nobody would have chose me. And nobody is more surprised that I'm doing what I'm doing right now than me. Nobody. And when I look back and I see these things, and even on my bad days, I choose to believe the words of Jesus in John chapter 9, in verse 3, that says, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And when I sit back and realistically look at my life, my life is a miracle that shouts the power of God. And I'm guessing if you took with a fine-tooth comb the history of your life, that you would say, man, look at the fingerprints of God. Look at how powerful he is. And some of you, you may be sitting there and you're like, maybe just hating a little bit. And you're just like, you are crazy. Like to put your faith into something that you can't see, that, that like, I don't know about this whole miracle thing. Like that's illogical. How do you have that type of blind faith in God? How do you trust God? And like, here's the question, like what's the better option? Trusting in you? Trusting in me? Listen, I'd rather have hope in an all-powerful God than certainty in a very limited me. I'd rather have hope in an all-powerful God than certainty in a very limited me. So you can be assured that God is all-powerful. Here's the second, is that God is all-knowing. And the theological term for that is omniscient. Omni meaning all, and whatever that other word, uh, that means science. Okay, it's like, I think I know everything. <laughs> like really, I don't know how to say that. Okay, it's kind of like, <laughs> with the Bible in, in Isaiah chapter 46 says that God knows the beginning from the end. But here's the problem, we're in the middle. And that sometimes is really hard. And so God knows the beginning from the end, but we don't. And we can't always see the end. And in Hebrews chapter four and verse 13, it says, he knows about everyone everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from him. And sometimes the truth is, is that for all of us, me included, we're all gonna have these moments in life where we don't fully understand, where we don't get it, where we don't understand, where if we were in control and we were writing the script, it would look different. And like, like why does God do this? And, and why does God heal some, but he doesn't heal all? Why does, why does he answer that prayer, but he doesn't answer this prayer? What, like there's gonna be these moments where we have that. But I can tell you, I find a lot of peace in Isaiah chapter 55. In verse eight and nine, where it says, where God is talking and he says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And the truth is, I'm so glad that God's ways and thoughts are higher than my ways and my thoughts. And like I said, I've gotten very comfortable with saying, I don't know. In fact, it brings me comfort that I don't know everything. Because if, listen, if you're here and you're somebody, and I've been in, I've been in your seat, 
And I've had that moment where I've just been consumed with the thought, I don't understand. Listen, that's a very, very good thing. Because if you could really understand everything about God, would you really want to serve him, worship him, or follow him? Think about it. If all of God could fit into this Middle Tennessee public school educated brain, well, we didn't come in first in any list, okay? And so like, if, if, if all of God could fit into this brain, could he really be that big of a God? I can tell you right now the answer is no. And the reality is there's some things this side of heaven that we won't ever understand. And that's why, like we talked about last week, that trust is so important. And so here's kind of the principle that I would say when it comes to this is never be afraid to trust an unknown future to an all-knowing God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to an all-knowing God. So God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And then here's number three. God is ever-present. He's ever-present. And the theological term for that is omnipresent. Omni meaning all, present equals present. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I I I thought that was funny. I really did. Guys, this one's my favorite. I love this. This one brings me more peace and comfort than anything. The fact that God is there. That God is always there. That there's nowhere that we can go where he's not there. That there's nothing that we can experience where he's not there. And there's so many verses that talk about this. And I wanted to give you 100, but I'm going to give you five. It says this in Psalm 46, verse 1. It says, God... He's our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 139, verse 7, says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there too. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Psalm 34, verse 18, and I think, I think this is for somebody in here, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Some of you, maybe you are here right now, and you have a broken heart. And it took everything inside of you to get to church today. And everything inside of you screaming, don't go, I'm hurt, I don't want to face that, I don't want to be reminded of that. I need you to hear this, that the Lord is close to you today. That the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Isaiah chapter 43, 2 and 5, it says that when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through that thing that seems over your head, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. That when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And then before Jesus drops the mic and ascends to heaven, he says this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. And be sure of this. I am with you. What's that word? Always. I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. See, I've been following Jesus now since June 25th, 1999. It's a good day. It's a good day for me. Hopefully, maybe some of you, you have that day today. You could say April 7th, 
2019 was my day. But my day was June 25th, 1999. Okay, don't worry about how old I am, okay? June 25th, 1999. You don't know how old I was on that day, okay? (laughs) But on that day, I made a decision to give God my whole life, to give him everything. And it's cool because this summer will be 20 years for me of following Jesus. And uh, I will say this, I've been following Jesus more than I have not been. If you want to do the math, okay? (laughs) And so... For almost 20 years, I've been following Jesus. And I can tell you that on my hardest days, and I've had them in that 20 years, because I know that God is with me, I've experienced things like comfort when I didn't have all the answers. That even the Bible, that it, that it describes the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, it describes the Holy Spirit as a comforter. And a lot of times, maybe we get really weird about the Holy Spirit and maybe it's because you've seen it, 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 you've seen the Holy Spirit in some really weird ways. But the Bible says a comforter. So think about a warm, comforting blanket. That when you don't have all the answers, a comforter gets put around you. And I've experienced that on my hard days. See, I've experienced peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. It's peace that doesn't make sense. It's peace that I probably shouldn't have in that moment. It's peace that it surprises me and it surprises other people. On my bad days, I've experienced that type of peace. I've experienced not just that, I've experienced joy. I've experienced joy that is my strength no matter what my circumstances are in life. And I'm telling you, you cannot control all those bad days, but you can have an ever-present God that can give you comfort, that can give you peace, that can give you joy right in the middle of every single bad day that you experience. Because I know that God is with me. And when I know God is with me, write this down, when I know God is with me, I can face anything against me. What do you do to a person like that? The answer is nothing. You can do nothing to somebody that has that type of thought. That you can say, when I know God is with me, I can face anything. Whatever happens today, I can face it. Because I know that God is with me. I may not always understand. I may not always have all the answers. But I know, I've got assurance that God is powerful, that God knows, and that God's there. See, I grew up in a church where we sang hymns. Anybody grow up in a church where where you sang some hymns, okay? We would have a song leader that would stand up, and we had pews that had these little compartments, and these books were there. And you grab those books, and it had a bunch of songs in it. And the song leader would say, turn to number 547, 547, okay? And everybody would turn there, and then we'd sing a song, and it'd be done, and then it would kind of awkwardly stop, and then he'd tell you another song, and then we'd open it up, and by the way, I'm so thankful for our worship. You guys are awesome, okay? Um, But the truth is, there's some of these songs, these hymns, that are incredibly beautiful, that have these rich, theological, beautiful words that are in it. And I remember growing up seeing a bunch of hymns written by somebody named Fanny J. Crosby. And she's one of actually the most well-known hymn songwriters. Get this, in her 95 years on this planet, she wrote over 8,000 hymns. 
and she wrote her first one at six years old. Our kids are not doing that right now, that's for sure. (laughs) But what most people don't know is that she tragically lost her sight when she was six weeks old from a medical mistake and was blind her entire life. And not only that, she tragically lost her dad, her father, due to illness before she turned one years old. So even from a young age, she experienced tragedy and loss and hurt and pain. That started in year one. And how many of you know that as life goes on, you just experience more. So from birth, she had to live through bad days. But it's amazing how somebody blind could see so clearly. Because one of her most well-known hymns was this hymn called Blessed Assurance, where it says, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Now that, this is my story. You may think that my story is being blind. You may think that my story was losing my dad. You think that that my bad days are my story. No, 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 you got it all wrong. I've got blessed assurance. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And in case you missed it, and in case you didn't get it the first time, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And so this song and her story shouts the truth that my my bad days are not my story that even when I don't have all the answers, I can still have assurance. I know that God loves me. I know that God wants the best for me. I know that he has a plan for me and a purpose for my life, that I know that God will bring me through. I know that there is always hope. I know that God is there for me, that, that, that I'm never alone. I know that God is powerful. I know that God knows and that his ways and thoughts are higher than my ways and my thoughts. I know that God is always there for me. I know that my bad days have a purpose, that there's purpose to my pain. And I know that my bad days have an end, that there is an an expiration date to my pain and it won't last forever on your bad days, church. Rest assured that there is a purpose and an end. It is finished. That's good news. Come on, if if you believe that, give some God praise in this place. Now I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Before we leave, we just, we wanna take a few minutes to pray and to worship, to respond to what God is doing. We've actually designed our service the next few weeks in a way to not rush out of here, to do a full song at the end so that we can respond to God and worship and pray together. But before we get to that, something we do each and every week is we, we ask God, God, what are you speaking to me right now? Like in the quietness and the stillness of this moment, to ask God right now, what are you speaking to me? What does my response need to be 
to today because we believe our Sundays should always affect our Mondays. And the truth is, maybe you're here and you're far from God and you know that you don't have a personal relationship with God and you can't have assurance in those things because you feel so far from God. And the truth is, maybe you're carrying your own sin and you're here and you feel like I've got to pay my own debt where Jesus says, no, I've already paid for it. It's finished. But you do have to receive it. Listen, you are one sincere, heartfelt prayer away from everything changing. See, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he will save you. And I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm I'm asking, do you wanna give your life to Jesus today? And if you'd like to experience that today, we're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way, but I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, today you need to get right with God. I want you without hesitation, when I count to three, to put your hand in the air, just as a way to tell God, God, I'm making this decision. I'm following you on the count of three. One, two, three, raise it up, raise it up. I wanna make that decision. Yeah, 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 it's awesome. That's great proud of you. Anybody else? Yeah, I want to make that decision. I want to get right with God. I got you. I got you. It's awesome. It's awesome. Just pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry I've lived my life without you. Come live inside me. Change me. You make me brand new. God, I give you my whole life. I give you everything. My past, my present, my future, everything. My mistakes, my sin, I give you my life, my dreams, my future. I surrender everything to you. Tell them that just in your, in your own heart. Say, I surrender everything to you. And I choose to follow you. I give you everything for the rest of my life. That this is my day, April 7, 2019. It's the day everything changed for me. We thank you, God. And through Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.